0: So text, text a gift offering.
1: That will not go in the episode, FYI, because that could be construed (laughs) as very offensive. So it's been a couple of weeks. We've had some radio silence on the new American storytellers. We've gotten all kinds of concerned letters. Uh, just people writing in saying, "Where are you? Where are you, uh, Mike? You got a telegram." In it was, fact, it was a telegram
0: last week. It was week. from yeah. It was a similar, sort of dot dot, so, yeah, dot dot dash dash dash. Sherlock Holmes, right. You know, didn't fall off a cliff and die. You know, right? To try to bring him back. And right. So we said. Okay. Right. So we, we weren't. Sh- we back. assumed that was. How did you
2: receive that, Mike? Is that your old telegraph machine you have?
0: Uh,
1: apparently. Well, it was actually. The, it was the stock. Ma- in it in. was the stock market ticker tape machine. Actually, <laughs> you actually received a telegram through the, the ticker tape machine from the <laughs> Occupy Occupy And then we place. well we had a, a ticker tape parade.
2: Hey, welcome to the New American Storytellers podcast. I'm Shepard Allers, and I'm here with David Altrogi and Michael Hartnett. We are a part of a community of storytellers and filmmakers called Vinegar Hill. Check us online at vinegarhillstory.com. So, listeners, while we've been gone, one of the things that we've been working on is getting a new podcast hosting service. So we'll be switching over the next few months just to be sure that everyone's on it. It's really simple, just go to new AmericanStorytellers.com, hit listen to our podcast, and hit subscribe. We took two weeks off to do pre-production on our feature film, Twin Reflex. And we're back in the saddle, New American Storytellers. So this week we're talking about the heist. How to Steal Like an Artist.
1: How do you do a heist? You know, we usually talk about storytelling, but... We're changing things up a little bit. We're changing our business model, our mo, modus operandi. Tell us what we've actually been doing the last two weeks. Well, we haven't been prepping for a movie. We've been prepping for a heist, baby. We are renaming ourselves the Rat Pack. Well, Ooh. maybe the maybe the. I hate Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> I Want to punch him in the face? And Ow. you may, you very may offensive. Be getting, you may be getting some. To so uh, large demographic. May getting, maybe we'll get some. Fame you may be getting some telegrams. Our baby boomer <laughs> listener,
2: is just rate has just dropped. Right?
1: It's two kinds of. Streams of thought that I've seen out there. There's the one stream of thought that's like originality is king. Like if you ha- if you want to do any good kind of art, you have to do something that's never ever 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 been done before. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to create that kind of art because I think I think there's a way that you can be influenced by other works of art, other films, other stories, mm-hmm. without just Blatantly stealing. Who was it that them. said
2: that all art is stealing?
1: Uh, I've heard that attributed to Tom York. I've heard that attributed to Abraham. Uh, I've <laughs> heard no, that no, attributed no. to so many people. Uh, yeah. Who is the Who is the playwright? Uh, come on, this who wrote The experience. Importance of Being Earnest? Who, who am, am I talking about? Those, you an iPhone. Okay. <sighs> See, I guess I can pull. Oh, up we should put mine on silent. Though. Mine is on silent. Okay. I'm <laughs> way ahead of you. Um, Come on, Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde. Oh. Oscar Wilde. I guess the question we're posing on today's episode: How can you be influenced by other films, other works of art, without just totally mm. stealing? How about how about let's rephrase that? How oh, about okay. how do you steal well? How do you
2: steal well? Right. Like how do you how do you really just. Like steal without people knowing, because that's what a heist is. Like you pull something off, and if it's effectively pulled off, nobody knows mm. you did it, right? Mm.
0: Whoa! Everybody exactly. has a that's smoke the, screen in front of their eyes. You could that's either the, make a diamond. What's is easier? Right. Make a diamond. Make or a steal diamond it. or steal a diamond? Or both. I'm gonna go with steal. Yeah. Wait,
1: wait. It's e- okay, so okay, so we're gonna steal a diamond, but how do we do it without, you know, how do we keep the where everyone up? thinks and, that and, you Invade it. Well, and well, while keeping our integrity. Right. You know what I mean? Because the the guys who pull off heists are men of of. Of a high moral code. You know, they mm. have they have a high Supposedly, moral Supposedly, according to Hollywood. Well, That's according but, to oh, Hollywood. According to the Muppet caper. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Scene 33B, shot A, Kermit says, and I quote. Uh, I'm not going to quote Kermit today. So that's the question. How do you? you... A
2: man of high moral code. It's actually an Oscar.
1: Wow, that's actually wow. That was really bad. That was (laughs) that was sort of the Swedish Chef with a little bit of I don't even know what that was. Oscar Wilde. That was a little bit. That was a little Oscar Wilde for my tastes, right there. That Kermit imitation. That's awesome. It it was a it was a good try. It was a good try, Chef. That was good. I need more of that. Well, is originality king? Hmm. That's I, I guess there's two ways. Is stealing well. Because I know that there's people listening right now who are, like, really about to break their computers because they are they are getting really angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, Unless they're listening via telegraph and they're probably... Right. Ticker tape. Is there... <laughs> is, is originality king?
2: Mike, you're good at playing the devil's advocate. You want to come in here and
1: attack this idea? I think it's a terrible idea. Devil's advocate over. <laughs> <laughs> Let me share an example. All right, do it. Let me share an example first. Preach to us, brother. I'm, I'm going to make the argument that originality is not King originality in and of itself originality in a vacuum for its own sake being original just to be original is bunk Mm because I think you're gonna just create some really stupid art for the most part
2: so what you're saying is like 2001 is stupid 2001 a space odyssey is stupid well it's
1: original no what I'm saying I'm not (laughs) saying what I'm not saying rewind
2: so what you're saying is 2001 a space odyssey is unoriginal.
1: No, I'm saying originality if that's your goal in setting out to make a film. If that's the if your goal is to be original, just to be original, mm-hmm. you're probably going to come out with something pretty stupid, I think. Because you're going to be like those kids who are like who are like, "Man, I hate what everybody else is wearing, so I'm going to be original." You're going to be like I was in high school, really. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I hated that everybody was wearing Abercrombie and Nike. And so I was like, I'm gonna be original. So I grew like an Amish beard and wore like Bugle Boy cargo pants that were way mm-hmm. too short for me because it was original. But there's nothing good about that. There's nothing tasteful about that kind of originality. Right. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing ar-
0: original. The Amish had done it well, first. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. There was no artistic integrity there. So I'm saying that originality for its own sake, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, as an artist, if that's your end goal, then bam, you're you're in. For because what's all been done before. <laughs> Wits all been done before? Yeah,
2: that was bad.
1: <laughs> it I, it, it I, felt like I'm a good sure idea what, at the time. I'm not sure what the reference is that you're making, oh, but it's a pun. It's um, the reason we haven't done it too. Oh weeks. my gosh, we are burning out it's here. It's so bad. Is this. it the topic, or are you guys just really tired? Because I'm. I'm a little tired. I'm, I'm doing the majority of the talking here. Well, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> My question, my question I'm throwing out to you, Michael and Shepard, is what should be the goal of the artist, filmmaker, storyteller? Originality, or is there a way that you can learn from, be inspired by, um, and even, dare I say it, borrow from other works Mm. of art in a way that will make original art?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question because it seems like Spielberg... He's credited for a lot of things, but he never was, for example, the original filmmaker. He was inspired by and borrowed from a lot of other film, filmmakers in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously there are people that paved the way for Spielberg. Sure. And he was okay with stealing from those artists. But right? how,
1: what's the difference between a Spielberg who uh, you could obviously say owes a lot to Alfred Hitchcock and John Ford mm-hmm. and um, the greats of the past and uh, the filmmakers um, who brought you, for example, the movie Gooby. If you haven't seen it, it's it's a really uh, we talked about there's that some that good before. intentions in it, but it really is a beat for beat ripoff of E. T. Right. But what's the difference? Because th- those filmmakers, Gooby, is a movie about a kid who finds a bear in his closet, a lifelike bear who comes to life and sort of they go on misadventures and it helps
0: him he helps them sort of come of age. But Culminating what, in them flying a radio flyer wagon wagon over the like sun the, or the sun or, or the moon or well, something.
1: But they could say, Well look we were just, Spielberg was influenced by Ford and right. Hitchcock, were influenced by Spielberg. And it's and not
0: an extraterrestrial, it's a bear, it's it's a Scottish bear, accent about yeah. 50% of the time. So is it just, People say mimicry it, is the best, you well, um, but full of complimentary.
1: The thing. Is it just trickery? Is it just trickery, like we just want to hide? I mean, is that is that the way to do it? Like, you just, as long as people don't know what you're ripping off, then you're really not ripping it off. You know, like, because then, I mean, what's the difference between what... It, what Spielberg does, and a lot of the stock music that's like you know,
0: very similar to, sounds
1: exactly Harry note Potter. for note like Harry Potter. <laughs>
0: but Spielberg do, was do, doing do, things, do, 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 do,
1: oh and you're like, what? Wait a second. You know, you yeah. it's like two notes off the Harry Potter theme or the Jurassic Park. What theme.
2: Spielberg did was original, and I think that's that's a, the, what it comes down to in its components, is like it contains things that are borrowed from, for example, John Ford or Orson Welles or. You know, just like any number of people that Spielberg was inspired by. But he took it to this whole another level.
1: What I think um, it comes down to is an internalization and a synthesis of the things that inspire you and that you love. And what I mean by that is, what I mean by that, Mike is sort of rolling his eyes. His eyes are <laughs> glassing over right now. Pretty much. Um, what I mean by that is this. So, so John Coltrane wrote this amazing, amazing piece of music. Mike is rolling his eyes because he hates Coltrane, but that's because he doesn't really know what's good um, in life. John Coltrane wrote this amazing piece of music called Giant Steps, and it was like one of the most influential pieces of jazz in the history of jazz. And I was talking to my buddy, who um, is an amazing jazz pianist, is getting like his doctorate in jazz, and I was just asking him about Giant Steps. And he told me, he was like, Giant Steps, really, what John Coltrane did for Giant Steps, was there was this piece of music that was written for sort of classical exercises, written years and years and years and years before. It was just, And it was just these weirdo chords to sort of exercise your hands on the piano. And what John Coltrane did was he... Took that and put this classical piece of music, it was really just an exercise, and took it really chord for chord and turned it, took it into the world of jazz, mm-hmm. recontextualized it, brought it in with all of his jazz background, everything he knew about jazz, and then synthesized this piece of classical music with his jazz background and created this totally revolutionary, totally new piece of mm-hmm. art, piece of music. But it was chord for chord. Something someone else had written, right, and to me, I guess yeah. I, I guess when I think about like how do you be original, but also be able to enjoy other people's art and learn from it and be inspired by it and and mm-hmm. take different pieces from it, and I think it's at least what I have seen in my experience thus far is it is really just soaking in lots of different lots of different right. stories, lots of different art, and not thinking like, hmm, man, I love the new Sherlock Holmes, so I'm going to make. A Sherlock Holmes movie but just mm-hmm. letting it wash over you letting absorbing all that stuff and then letting those things kind of combining all those things and then out will come. I think, right. if, if done right, out will come, something that's new and original. Because I think that's what Spielberg did. He, mm-hmm. There are a lot of, t- uh, you can see the in influences in his work, but it's totally Spielberg. Because he's pulling from all these different filmmakers, you know, Italian filmmakers, and then classic American filmmakers, and he's synthesizing them in a way that only Spielberg can. And there's something fresh. There's something new. In answer to your
0: question, David, this is Mike speaking. Uh David, this is Mike speaking. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> Come in, David. This is Mike over. <laughs> Permission to speak <laughs> granted. Alright. How you doing, everybody? Uh basically I think that the goal for every filmmaker storyteller should be to, to make a good movie and a good tell a good story. Mm-hmm. And tell a story that really that only they could tell in the way that only they could tell it. Right. So it has to have if you're just gonna try and parody somebody else's work um I think that honestly like the the way that you can rip stuff off and be influenced without or honestly maybe I should rephrase that the way that you can be influenced without ripping people off is by being really aware of just like sticking to what you're the way that you would mm-hmm. tell the story is and being really really true to the way that you understand the story and um Make it very much you that's talking, and not trying to like rip off and say I'm just gonna do a take on a Hitchcock piece, and then totally lose any voice that you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you everybody's got their own voice and style, I think that um, as you get better at doing things, like you're gonna develop that more, and it's gonna become more unique and more some might say original, but it's honestly it's just you. Processing a lot of other stuff out there, and adding that little thing that everybody does have—like I don't even know what percentage it is, like one percent originality in them. Right. <laughs> it, and but mixed in with a lot of other influences, churns out stuff that is very cool and very original. So you could point to a lot of movies like that, you know, ones that people would herald as groundbreaking, original, like 2001: um, Space Odyssey. Um, it's there was a progression there that that. Right. That was it. Couldn't have that film couldn't have happened without ones that happened before it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to say that something original comes out of nowhere, I think, is is a right. common misconception. Well,
1: I think, like to me, like look at the original, the first, um, nineteen seventy seven Star Wars, is you could on one hand you could say it's completely original, but on the other hand you could say it's completely unoriginal because you know Lucas took these this very these very classic archetypes that had been used in story after story, but then there was this complete in awesome recontextualization, where he took them to outer space. And he, you know, I think. There was, and he took all these sort of sci-fi influences and put them in a world that was so fresh and original. And I mean, even like, think about like the Beatles. Like they were always, I mean, their influences were like early, like Elvis Presley rock and roll, Mm -hmm. Buddy Holly, all this sort of like skiffle type rock music. But then even as you get to like Sgt. Pepper, where they were really beginning to like... Really beginning to totally revolutionize things. There was still these sort of they were still referencing like Buddy Holly, and there was still these that that background. They were, they you know they were what I mean?
2: There's new influences as well. I mean George Harrison the Indian, infatuation with Indian mm-hmm. music was starting to come in there. It mm-hmm. started with um, with Revolver. So that is interesting. Like you can't create in a void you can't create in a vacuum right
1: well even even it's like when paul mccartney was working when they were working on sergeant pepper paul mccartney was super into avant-garde this really Mm. wacky weird avant-garde music which i mean today who i mean most people would have no idea who those musicians were but paul mccartney what he was able to do was synthesize that avant-garde and wasn't just like Wow, I wanna make like this great Avant garde album. But he synthesized it and then brought in these other influences, like right. vaudeville music from his childhood, the song When I'm Sixty Four has this real vaudevillian yeah. flavor to it, and then you know, has and then it has John Lennon's sort of blues, sort of psychedelic with uh sounds on it. So just as uh, to me, I don't know, I, I guess Sgt. Pepper and the Beatles and Revolver, that whole era where sort of these new influences were being synthesized with their old their old influences, and out was coming something really right. new and revolutionary. Right. But
2: they couldn't have made that without first almost explicitly copying other artists. I and mean, yeah. they were doing covers when they started. Yeah. So there was, there was a progression in their own artistry mm-hmm. from blatantly ripping off other artists and adding their own flair to it to actually creating something that... Many would consider very original. Right, is that process similar for
1: us? I mean, I I think so. I mean, I was just gonna. I'm glad you asked that, Shepard, because I <laughs> I was just gonna take it there. And I not, being David. I being David. <laughs> I David. I robot and I David. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess how does that how does that work for our story process? How did that work for Twin Reflex? How did that work for the Cosmonaut? Our short film. How did that not work for the Interventionist? Hmm. Um, I'll start with how how it didn't work I'll start the interventionist I mean I can tell you right now that the influences for the interventionist I should say influence really because it was it was pretty much well there was Fantastic Mr. Fox on the sort of Trying to be just witty and dry, and no, in the movie I was trying to write it like Wes Anderson and failing because I'm not Wes Anderson. And but that was kind of what was popular at the time, and everyone was loving Wes Anderson, so I thought, oh, I, I can do a Wes Anderson film. So there was no there was no synthesizing of Wes Anderson, and it, there was no you really pass. what us. It was just sort of like, I just sort of ripped off Wes Anderson and did it horribly. Um, and then what were the other influences? The world doesn't need another West. Well, yeah.
2: unfortunately, No Country Old and The Dark Knight are kind of right. Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. It's which, a weird stew. It's, uh, if you're going to put a few things in a blender, like right. and blend them together, be careful. Well, be I mean, because sometimes sometimes things
2: that are on very far ends of the spectrum together make
1: really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it can be some amazing juxtaposition, like Star Wars. So, like yes. you right. have the you have the sci-fi and then the very classic, and bam, right. together create something awesome. I love how Gattaca
2: combines, like, the sci-fi world with kind of a 1940s classic architecture and hmm. and style, and that works, but it's it's really well-synthesized. It's really well thought out, and it plays within the rules. Right. But with The Interventionist, I think we had a little different... It was,
1: it was sort of like garlic and mango, kind I of. I think that in... It yeah. was <laughs> like a garlic-mango smoothie, garlic-onion-and-mango
0: yeah. smoothie.
2: You may like garlic, you may like mango, but together... Wow. Was Ooh. it potent?
0: Yeah. Potently bad. And I think that in that we didn't have our own voice to inject in there. And I think as a young artist, like you have a little bit less of your own voice that you're, you're developing. So I think it's okay to to be paying homages and to be mm-hmm. copying people's styles as a, in an effort to, you know, the things that you like, mimic the things that you mm-hmm. like, because you're gonna right. start to build your own style and your own voice as you relax and allow that like little 1% to actually start to influence stuff. But you do have to be really careful about watching other people's films while you're writing about, writing right after watching someone's film
1: my dad is a is a amazing songwriter and he said the way he learned to write songs was he would listen to Beatles songs and basically copy them but then write his own songs so I think there is a there is a place if you're aware right. like I just want to learn how to write so I'm going to you know I think it would be a really good exercise if you want to write a sci-fi look at like Alien and like look at the act structure look at sort of how the scene unfolds and write your own just be aware that like this is an exercise. This is right. not like, it's like I'm stealing, not gonna make you're stealing this. Small time. One of the classic uh one of the classic things that they have art students do is go to art museums and sit down with a sketchpad in front right. of the great works right. of art and copy them to learn to paint them, but those stay in a sketchbook, those stay in the learning process. They don't right, you, you don't know take that You don't take that to a museum and then they're like voila, look! And then they're like, uh, looks kind of like the Mona Lisa, except not as good. Except not
2: as good. That's that's the big point is, like, you're not going to come out of the gate and make something that's as good as your influences. Right. right. They've done it well because they've already synthesized it. They've already gone through the creative process.
1: They've already stolen well. Right. (laughs) Steal well. So I think... As of recently, what we've been trying to do with like Twin Reflex and the mm, Cosmote, what we still are
2: trying to do is,
1: yeah, is I mean, I'm I think we're I'm trying to soak in a lot of influences, just and doing so not thinking like, hmm, I'm gonna watch this movie for inspiration, but just enjoying watching movies, like so enjoying watching movies and then letting that sort of trickle down and trickle through sort of my own sensibilities mm-hmm. and our own sensibilities to implement in Twin Reflex. So I think there's been a lot of different a lot of different sort of rivers feeding into Twin Reflex. We have a lot of tributaries kind of coming in as far as movies like Ballast and Monsters, uh, movies like Moon, um, movies like The Conversation. Very different films, even The Shining recently. Just different films inspiring different ideas for different aspects. And then we're trying to sort of mold them into this story that Twin Reflex is Sometimes it's helpful when you're
2: you're watching movies that are completely different than the movie you're working on. Sometimes mm-hmm. that is helpful because you can't possibly copy it mm-hmm. into your film. Uh, when working on the script revision for Twin Reflex, um, I watched 2001 for the first time, which um, I say kind of regretfully that I've never watched it before. It was incredible. Uh, it was also something where I couldn't possibly like really um, like be too far influenced in my writing but at the same time, I was able to be inspired by the visuals and the way the story was told. To go, okay, I want to do something. I want to, I want to
0: like actually put something down to paper. So, there's a difference between stealing the whole diamond and just stealing a facet of it. Ah, mm. I a like it. Waka waka. If you steal a facet, probably nobody's gonna know. There's something compliment. There's something that can be honestly. Uh, Yeah. Sort of a compliment.
1: One aspect from Twin Reflex, just a facet that we lifted was from the movie Monsters, just in how they made the film, how there was a lot of improvisation, how there was a very, Mm -hmm. they made it like a documentary. And that was, we really liked that aspect, that facet, if you will, and responded to that and said,
0: man, this would work really well in our story. Our movie will not have uh, dinosaur, alien kind of things Mm -hmm. floating around and wreaking havoc on the world. It won't be taking place in Central America. It won't be a story about a couple people trying to get back to America. There's there's an aspect of it that is that is taken from, lifted from, stolen from, that I think mm-hmm. that can be uh, attributed to them.
1: Well, there's a painting by uh, Caravaggio called The Calling of St. Matthew, where Jesus is calling St. Matthew. It's an amazing painting. Um, and in the painting... Jesus has his hand outstretched and his hand is exactly like the hand of God in Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel which is a really I mean it's a really cool sort mm, of
2: homage. homage
1: but in <laughs> a it's completely it's saying something really new about Jesus about the calling of St Matthew and kind of using that facet of Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel to say right. something that Michelangelo was not saying, and right. to say something that, which is pretty cool, I think. But he didn't steal the whole. He didn't. Right. It wasn't like he made like an exact sort of the same composition and Matthew yeah. sort of laying sort of like yeah. Adam. Right. Yeah, laying like Adam. And, I mean, so it, was it was just subtle. It was, it was, it was a subtle. Well. It was one facet that was, and then um, all kinds of other influences brought in there as well from different artists to create something new and fresh. So I think you can hmm. steal. You just have to be tasteful about how you steal. Right. Just have to be. So, I mean, as far as the process of getting inspiration, or if you're sitting down and about to start writing a movie, what what do you guys think is the what's the what are some good guides for measuring am I stealing well or am I just stealing badly? Michael, if you, do my, you have something you want to say? Uh, (laughs) The senator from
0: Maryland has the floor. I think that if you're the entire time that you're writing or brainstorming your story, you just want desperately to go watch this other movie the more you think about your story. One I think, movie. I think yeah, one movie. I think that you fail. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you're if you're uh, writing this and you're just imagining the soundtrack of that movie and then all of a sudden thinking about the visuals of that movie and thinking about your character as sort of like a knockoff Leonardo DiCaprio from Reception, you yeah. probably starting to have right. your... are you're you, you steal to too much,
1: or if be, sort of beat for beat is looking like one individual film or one right. piece of art, right. then then there's some danger there. Right, you
2: should be excited about your story for its own sake, and like be borrowing ideas, but not like lifting whole storylines or or whole characters, because mm-hmm. th- there is the difference between creating an homage, kind of creating the illusion of um, like stealing, but without actually like completely lifting and removing Uh, there is aspects of completely lifting but your story is it's own thing it's going to define itself and it needs to define itself
1: Yeah. so learn to steal well learn to be a thief and an artful dodger Mm. and you shall do great things
2: so we've been switching our podcast over to new podcast hosting service called SoundCloud this means that it's all hosted in one place There's only one small bump in the road, and that is getting everyone onto this new service. So be sure to go to newamericanstorytellers.com, click on listen to our podcast, and be sure you're subscribed to our latest feed.